Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts, where, as mentioned in the description, I will be exploring the digital world in relation to the mental health space and looking at how an organization can effectively offer support services online in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the next few minutes, I will provide an in-depth explanation of the most effective and user-friendly modes for rendering counseling and psychoeducational support services online and the benefits of making such a move. So the need for online counseling services has increased greatly due to the pandemic because it, it seemed like the only feasible intervention available due to government guidelines and restrictions. I think the most obvious advantages to working online relate to convenience and increased access. Online counseling offers convenience and remote access, serving clients with time restrictions, those in remote areas, or those with limited mobility, those who are physically disabled, or those who are housebound. Another pro of online counseling is its perceived um, is perceived privacy. Some individuals still feel a stigma attached to visiting a shrink, or others may just be shy, and so the the counselor's physical absence removes the client's initial shame or need to save face while presenting a problem. And, I mean, obviously, such easy access involves some risk. There are concerns around the limitations of the solution due to the expanded base of potential clients and the question of who can be effectively treated online is raised. Um, Research investigating differences in therapeutic alliances via online, telephone, and in-person therapy has yielded varying results in response to such a question. For example, a study conducted by Day 1999 found no significant differences in therapeutic alliance when comparing cognitive behavioral therapy delivered in-person or via video conferencing or two-way audio, and that the therapeutic alliance could still be achieved regardless of the platform or method used for the interaction. Research also suggests that online counselling is as effective as in-person counselling for treating disorders such as anxiety and depression. Further research conducted before the pandemic indicates that technology-delivered interventions, particularly those conducted telephonically and online, have flourished in recent years and it has also been suggested that online counseling positively impacts the therapeutic relationship so whether ruptures in the therapeutic alliance are present in online psychotherapeutic interventions and whether they influence the therapeutic outcomes really remains unknown factors such as 
lack of visual cues and physical proximity decrease social presence in internet-based interventions and technological difficulties such as network failure do affect the communication process. However, the increased anonymity is a pro for treating certain mental health conditions, as I did mention above. And the lack of physical proximity and the absence of physical cues means there's less distraction and therapists and clients are more psychologically connected and this impacts psychological change. So in terms of the the platforms I've selected, I have gone for Google Meets, specifically for individual counselling, and Zoom for psychoeducational support groups. So both Zoom and Google Meets allows you to make large-scale video calls with up to 100 participants. That's about all they have in common, though. So anyone with a Google account can create or join a Google Meets call. And as I mentioned, up to 100 participants can join, and the time allowance is an hour. And while Google Meets lacks most of the advanced features that Zoom offers, what it does offer is a quick and easy video calling service right on the web. You don't have to download or install an app to use it. You just go to your you just go to the website and sign in with your Google account. It's simple, private and straightforward. And that's why I think it is better suited for individual counseling. Um, I think Zoom is because it's best for large-scale meetings would be better for support groups. It is an enterprise-grade large-scale video calling service with tons of features. Again, 100 participants. The meeting time is limited to 40 minutes, but I, I don't think that it's I feel like it's a it's a reasonable amount of time for a or it's a good amount of time for a support group meeting. So when looking at privacy and security, Zoom continues to be the go-to video conferencing app and has over 200 million daily users. So despite a hiccup in the usage load that exposed them to security exploits like Zoom bombing. The company has responded to these by making security enhancements. These include adding layers of verification, including a waiting room for video participants to be screened. They have also added support for encryption, which provides increased protection for meeting data and resistance against tampering. Now, with Google Meets, because of the wide adoption of Google Meets in enterprise, as well as in education, it features robust security and encryption. Google Meets delivers a 
clear, consistent, and reliable video experience. The service requires a hard-to-crack 25-character string for meeting IDs. It restricts external participants to join a meeting 15 minutes before the meeting starts. And Google also meets various compliance certifications, including the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, which covers students and educators. So while Zoom already has widespread adoption and is, is bolstered by its ease of use, Google Meet is similarly easy to use, but adds the productivity and security of the Google G Suite. Now, if, if services are to move into the space indefinitely, we obviously need to discuss what that move would look like. Because the transition to online treatment was so sudden, there are issues and limitations that are frequently experienced because necessary infrastructure and support mechanisms were not fully in place. So to ensure successful migration, practitioners need to feel adequately supported by their organization in terms of technological support and hardware. So the most prominent needs presently voiced by practitioners concern the required improvements of technology in terms of secure and user-friendly solutions and better logistical and administrative support. Previous studies on adoption of e-mental health also pointed to lack of perceived competency as an important barrier. And because many practitioners were first-time users of online treatment tools, this is likely associated with um, a steep learning curve and the technological skills of practitioners. So what needs to be implemented here is user-friendly apps, computer software and hardware, and the establishment of online counseling training programs for practitioners and the development of ethical guidelines for online counseling. We also need to make sure that practitioners educate clients and provide informed consent and advise clients regarding the limitations of these platforms. The, the counselor and the client must both be comfortable with the technological platform underpinning the entire online counselling process and counsellors must possess sufficient technical expertise to cope with unforeseen crises or demands. And these are skills that have not been part of the traditional turf of most counsellors until now. So moving on to user experience, the last point. Zoom is perceived as a learning platform that is relatively easy. This platform has relatively familiar and straightforward features. It gives users solid collaboration tools and a wide range of control over their um, 
over their video experience, from enabling various backgrounds to tweaking audio controls so that they can better pick up musical instruments or ambient sounds. Google Meet, on the other hand, is a pure video conferencing solution. It makes it easy to set up and join meetings on PCs as well as on mobile devices. Organizers can set up calls using Google Calendar, meeting links, um, URLs or codes, dial in by phone numbers, and through proprietary Google Meet hardware, such as Chromebox and Chromebase. So both of these tools also require the use of microphones and webcams. So setting these up can take some time, but it's not anything world ending. Um, so many other solutions require software to be installed onto the PC or mobile device. And some users may run into system requirement limitations. However, as I previously mentioned, both Google Meets and Zoom have various quick and straightforward ways to initiate video calls. So if you're invited into a meeting in Zoom, you do not need to create an account. You will see a prompt to download the Zoom app. However, downloading the app is optional and you can connect via a web app if you prefer. The installed app does give the optimized experience and does give a wider range of control, but ultimately it's, it's not a requirement. Uh, but in the event that one would prefer to download the app, Zoom does have apps for Android, Apple iOS, Microsoft Windows, and Apple Mac OS. An account only needs to be created if you want to use Zoom to invite other people to meetings. So you can authenticate with Facebook or Google or sign up using um, an email account and password. So when, when you create an account, you, you get a personal meeting ID as well as a unique meeting URL or link, which you can use at any time to start a meeting. And this is handy because you can send your link or meeting ID to participants without advance notice and get on the call in minutes. Um, and everyone can choose to enable or disable their video at any time if you join using your device audio, then you can also mute and unmute by using the buttons on the screen or by using a shortcut if you enable it from your account preferences. Zoom also gives you information about the connectivity of everyone on the call. Um, Google Meets works in a similar way. It is also very quick and easy to set up and join, you just go to meet.google.com on a browser and you can join or start a meeting right from that interface. And setting up this meeting will generate a meeting URL or link and a dial-in phone number and PIN that can quickly be shared with participants.
So participants get the option to see how they look and they can mute their microphone and turn their camera on and off before entering a call. And Google's intuitive control can cycle the video feeds of participants while talking, as well as remind you that you are muted if you speak without turning your microphone on. You can share your screen, change the layout, mute participants, and share text or documents in the chat area. And for the G Suite users, they receive notifications or are able to see any upcoming meetings on their calendar, which I think is pretty cool. So final thoughts, just to wrap up. I think the the outbreak of the, the pandemic was just so sudden and such radical changes needed to be made in such a short amount of time across the board, not just in mental health care delivery. Almost overnight, practitioners were forced to transfer their face-to-face care practice to online means. So I, I think everyone is sort of like a fish out of water. So I think overall, what is important is that we provide participants with a safe and engaging experience that is is one, easy to navigate, and two, that ensures that the necessary objectives are being met. And so that brings us to the end of that, shorter than I thought it was going to be, but I hope you enjoyed listening to that, and stay tuned for the next episode if there is one. (laughs) Thank you.